If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Annette. Good morning, Myrna. How are you? I am great. Good. I'm okay. Are you? I am. How about our guest? Are you okay? I'm fine. Okay. He's kind of stuck in the middle between us. Yeah. Yeah. And his wife won't get on the mic or the camera, so but she's going to be listening to us. And she's probably not even going to hold up signs and say, shh, don't talk about that. <laughs> hey, our boss came off of vacation. Yeah. And we have numbers. Boy, do we have numbers. And we love our boss. Mm-hmm. I, we, are, we are so surprised. You want, else, you want to know somebody else we love? Josh, our engineer. Yes, we do. Say hi, Josh. He's not going to do it. Josh. He's not going to do it. Okay. We'll say, <laughs> Josh says hi, everybody. All right. For, so we have the numbers. And for live listeners, okay, Richardson, Texas, guess what? You are still number one. So you kept it. However, this was interesting. For um, second, third, excuse me, second, yeah, second, third, and fourth places, new listeners took it. Absolutely. New listeners, hands down. Um, Worcester, Massachusetts, Chicago, Illinois, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Can you believe that? They all are new listeners, and they are in the top two, three, and four. St. Louis, Missouri was 16th, and now it's in fifth place. I am. And another new listener, listeners, Anaheim, California. What was interesting for live regional was there was um, no one from Kansas. <laughs> We're coming there. We are. Look out, Kansas. That's right. And we also got, and, and again, I'm sorry, China, L-A-N-X-I, Langsai, China, you did not hold your number one position for live regional. Actually, a new listener group took over, and that is in, oh, my gosh, I don't even know how to say this, so I'm going to spell it because I don't like to massacre names. G-U-A-N-G-Z-H-O-U. There, I got it out. They are actually in first place as live regional in the world. So, Thank you, China, and thank you, new, new listeners. We enjoy knowing that we have new listeners. So, Richardson, you got it again. We'll see what happens when stats come out next month. So that's live regional, all right? Way to go, Richardson. All right, on-demand listeners. Remember, on-demand listeners are those who just come in and listen to the show, not during the live show. So I'm, I, I know that's redundant to say that, but some people need that clarification. All right. You never assume anything. Okay. Well, on-demand listeners, last month, Ashburn, Virginia was number one. Well, Ashburn, guess what? You got knocked down to number two, but there was only a 12-point difference between you and number one. Okay. Anybody want to guess who number one is? 
it would be me. Well, you are number one in my life. Well, no, God's number one in my life. And then Larry, then you. Okay. Maybe you and Larry the same. I don't know. Richardson, Texas, guess what? <laughs> you are not only top listeners on live, you are top listeners on demand. And again, you beat out Ashburn, Virginia by 12 points. So, but surprisingly, Mountain View, California was in fifth. They're now in third. Go Mountain View. But following right behind them, which is interesting, San It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abbadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hi, we are back. We kind of had a glitch in our electronics there. We're going to introduce you now and anyway keep up the numbers guys and we will talk with them talk with you guys about it and middle of let me see june i guess yeah okay see if richardson richardson texas can can um keep it up and keep on top all righty and see how many new listeners we have also all right so right now we want to take it and, and go to our guest his name is david we're sitting here in his home in Grangeville, Idaho. And David, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> he, um, he is a friend of ours. And everybody who is anybody, and, and even those who aren't anybody, but everybody's somebody, right? In Grangeville knows David. 
Um, so, David, why don't we just kind of start with your childhood? You weren't born in Grangeville. You kind of like ended up in Grangeville. So how did you do that? Well, my mother, uh, <clears throat> it was after my mother passed away. She died in February. And uh, I had a small breakdown. And um, my I went, I ran to my neighbors, didn't know what to do. And I, after some lengthy going around like boarding boarding houses and stuff i ended up in san Alfonso's hospital in boise and after seven days there the the Volks rehab counselor gave me a ticket and here i am okay but what ha what led up what was your childhood like in boise i know you you get on um the internet and you look you were able to see around the area that you were you grew up in and it's not like that anymore obviously because everything changes. So what was what was your childhood like? You were born in Boise, right? Right. Okay. What hospital? Do you remember? St. Alphonsus, okay. 1955. 1955. You just gave everybody your age. You're so young. Yeah. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're as young as we feel, don't we? Mm -hmm. That's right. And sometimes we don't feel very young, huh? Oh, no, that's true. <laughs> so... You have, are you the youngest in the yes. family? And the, I'm only, the only boy. Only yeah. boy and the youngest. Okay. That must have been fun. Yeah, it was because they <laughs> spoiled me. <laughs> <laughs> so you had, so what was the age difference between you and the, the sister above you? Uh, I think she's it was Nancy. 10 year, no, it's Marilyn. Marilyn. She's 15 years, let's see, 10 years older than me, and then it went 15 years and then 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, Wow, that was. So how, what was your, um, did you, so they were pretty well gone. Well, 15, she was still in the home, but still they were out doing their own thing at 15, I would think. No, no. She's no? 15 years older than me. Right. Well, so when you were born, she was 15 years old. I guess I wasn't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Don't quite remember that. So do you remember playing? Did they play with you or? I don't remember too much except that Marilyn and my middle, my youngest sister and my middle sister tried to teach me how to ride a bike. How did that go? I don't know. <laughs> it was a red flyer. I don't remember. Really? Yeah. We tried to, my two sisters and I tried to teach my little brother, who was the youngest too, of three sisters. How about that? Um, to ride a bike. And my dad had a worked for a lumber company and it had a flat the truck had a flat bed on it yeah. and we got him on the bike and everything but we forgot to tell him how to brake how well, to use the brake and so when he got towards the truck the he stopped at the flat bed and the and the bike went under the flat bed and mark i'm so sorry but anyway it was kind of funny mine went in the hedge you with went, me with you <laughs> yeah. well okay i don't know which is worse the flatbed or a hedge yeah. okay so whatever happened to that bike you know no idea well yeah i do i had it until i was about 17 and and then i started 18 and then i started driving at 19 and i sold it so you sold it oh okay yeah. what color was it red and white red and white Nice. And black. Okay. So what was um what was your school's life like in Boise, Idaho? Well, I started out with regular elementary 
But I only lasted two weeks because they said I was too slow. Because you said they were, you were too slow. Yeah, so they then they sent me to a special ed school called Lincoln. It was the first special ed school in Boise, mm -hmm. and that was in 1961. Okay, 1961, and it was called a special ed school, huh? Well, that's what they called it. Okay. There was 15 kids elected um, when it, when special ed first came to Idaho, and I was one of the unlucky or lucky ones. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to get her. Okay. So I don't know. So what? Ha you, so you were there. What was like? What your first day of school? What do you remember in that in Lincoln School? I was scared. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Lincoln was not your normal elementary school. You you went to Lincoln. Uh it's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Okay, we are back. We've obviously had some technical difficulties today, and so we are just, I want to give you a summary of what we've been talking about. And that one thing is that we are so proud of Richardson, Texas, for being one on live and on demand. And the new listeners that have come in, we appreciate you, and we hope that you continue to listen. And um, and we we'll also have Big Dave. He lives here in Grangeville, Idaho. He um, 
in his childhood at school, because I think that's what we were talking about. He was he was diagnosed, or actually they gave him a label of um, of David. Exactly what label did they say you had? What what label did back they in the sixties? They were blind. Yeah. They called it mental retardation. Okay. And so you went to Lincoln School, which is supposed to be a school for what? People with disabilities. Okay. That's before they changed it, that. Well, see, I was was born with uh, grandma seizures. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's why... Go ahead. Well, that's why they put me in Lincoln, because back then there was no other place to put you. All right, and so you were first or second grade? I was in first grade when I started Lincoln. Went there about 10 years. Okay. And you said it was more like a prison than a school. Yeah, well, I wasn't the only one that felt that way. Everyone Mm -hmm. that came in Lincoln felt that way because Mm -hmm. you were not allowed to leave the school grounds like you do today. Uh, You could get get from... Go to your office, please. Oh, I can't win. <laughs> uh, I'm losing track of what I was saying. Anyway, you just couldn't you couldn't leave the school grounds. You had to stay on the school grounds. And we didn't have pop machines or candy machines. We had milk machines. Oh, okay. So that was it. I mean, you just didn't have anything you got today. Right. Hey, Dave. Dave, remember when the, the what was it, a, a deer that got into the school? Oh, yeah, that was at the high school up here. Yeah, I got a stag deer that got into the school, and I was trying to buff the floor, and it just appeared. (laughs) I couldn't get it out. (laughs) You had a hard time getting it out of the school, too, didn't you? Yeah, well, I didn't know how to deal with it because I'd never seen a deer that close before. (laughs) It came in the the front door and went out the back door, didn't you say? Well, actually, he came in the side door, or the main door, went upstairs, and the cops that were doing the weightlifting and stuff tried were trying to help me get him out of the building. And we'd go up one stair, and he'd come down the other, and finally he left the building. And it was a mess. It took about an hour. But, wow. So at, at Lincoln, what was, the, what was the atmosphere like with the other students? It was very tense because... Back then, they didn't have a juvenile delinquent center, so they stuck everybody that got in trouble with the law. If you're a minor in Lincoln, okay. So, so it was very, very rough then. It was very. You learned how to survive there. Uh, you you either survived. They'd either make you or break you. And many kids, even as young as, because um, see, we didn't. Lincoln School wasn't like regular school. Uh, sometimes you sometimes you get kids that were uh, that had Down syndrome and and, mm-hmm. and and muscular dystrophy and stuff, and we'd even get kids as young as five and six years old. And the thing mm-hmm. was, and even younger than that, because they would bring them over there from the Oaks to feed them. They bring them over to Lincoln to feed them, mm-hmm. and I got to mm-hmm. help take care of a few of them. Mm-hmm. And that was an honor. I mean, that was an honor because. That proved that they trusted you, right? And if you if you weren't elected for that, they didn't trust you, and then, oh well, life went down the hill for there for you. But but 
if you got if you got the opportunity and somebody asked you to help them, then you were you felt good about it because you were actually helping somebody else. Right. So how how did you get out of Lincoln? Well, that's an interesting thing. I was out twice. Uh, I went to seventh grade. Well, see, I was in I was actually in eighth grade at Lincoln, ninth eighth and ninth grade, and I got the opportunity to go to regular junior high. But regular junior high wasn't regular. It was actually special ed. It kind of traveled mm-hmm. over. Well, anyway, I was there a year, and I did really well, except in math. I took algebra mm-hmm. and pre-al, and it was awful. Um, but I took I took other classes like drafting, and I took music, which I excelled in. And so, uh, and my geometry teacher, he he tutored me, and they don't usually do that in regular junior high, but he did me. He guys he liked me. Anyway, I would go after I'd go to his class after school, and he would help me on individual projects in geometry, and I and he found out I was good at drawing, so uh, and figuring out sides and degrees and stuff. So he was willing to take the time to teach me, but he was the only teacher who was willing to do that. So I took advantage of it. Okay. And then so that was... after I got there, they sent me back to Lincoln because once you're in special ed, if you mess up just one year, they considered that failure. So what they did was they, the following year, I went back to Lincoln until 10th mm. grade. And then when I got into 10th grade, I went to regular high school, which was also special ed. But I went to high school and I graduated in 76. Back then, you mm-hmm. didn't go to school. You didn't go to high school for three years. You went for four. Yeah. Here, the, the way they've got it is, you go from ninth grade through a twelfth grade. Well, right. That's not how it worked in at, at Boise High. Um, right. You went from you went from tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, and we had thirteenth right. grade because, um, and and I graduated with everybody else, even though I was in special ed. And it mm-hmm. was fun that night because I did ballroom right. dancing. But uh, uh-huh. it was fun. Yeah, well, I was more so, at the time. If you were, if if you could say one thing about your your um, stay, I guess I should say, at Lincoln, what would it be? Well, I felt secure there. I, I know that sounds really weird, but with all the frightening things that were going on and the gangs and all the beating people up. I felt secure there. I felt more secure there because I knew that uh, if the teachers didn't do something, the gangs would do it. They would protect you no matter what. And I, that's why I felt, I felt secure there. And I felt, uh, I wouldn't say content, but it became part of my life. And that's why mm-hmm. today I still talk about it because it had embedded itself. I'd been there since I was first grade. And, right. Uh, it became part of me, even though Lincoln is not anymore today, but right. it became ingrained in my in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I still and talk you, about it today. Mm-hmm. And you um, you had said um, earlier, and I don't know that people have were able to hear that because of all of the technical stuff, but that you had said earlier that you ended up in Grangeville because your mom died. You and your mom were very close, oh, and yes. you were the youngest child of four. Yes. And right. um, and basically everybody had moved out 
but you and you were with your mom and after her death, um, you kind of had some problems and then you ended up in um, Orofino North, state north, and then ended up here in Grangeville. It wasn't that simple. Uh, when you're in or- and when I was in Orofino, they wouldn't let me out until I had a destination, which I did not know what mm-hmm. that meant. But I was originally going to go to Lewiston. But then the Lewiston, I was kind of blessed there, but the Lewiston shelter home got busted for uh, making methamphetamine. I can't say it. Meth. <laughs> and so... Oh, meth? meth? Oh, yeah. It oh, really? Yeah, it was one of the biggest meth cooks or cookeries in northern Idaho, and I didn't know this, and so they wouldn't let me out there. They, the, the, I call it the fruit farm, but they wouldn't let me out of there until I had destination, and since that happened in Lewiston, and then I was very fortunate because Jim Wellborn, who owned the shelter home here, and his wife Lynn, they were willing to take me sight unseen and never know who I was or anything, but I ended up living there for eight years. And so, mm-hmm. and thanks to Jim and Lynn for taking that kind of, having that kind of courage to take me in without knowing me, I felt really blessed. And and so, and Jim and Lynn and I are still friends. They just don't live where I live, but I see them again. Mm-hmm. How about some of the people that you met along the way? Dave? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm waiting. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of the people you met, like a boxcar Willie? Oh, yeah. It's really really interesting. I worked in a hotel. I started uh, back then. Busboys were hired when they were 12. I this is the olden days. It's probably uh, late late sixties, early seventies. Anyway, I met um, while I was there. I didn't meet Boxcar Willie there. I met Boxcar Willie in the park. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But while I was working at this place called the Downtowner, I met Charlie Daniels, and I got to be friends with him and Clint Eastwood and Catman Struthers, and then the rock band Deep Purple. I got to meet them because uh, I was at that time. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. A, I was a busboy up till I was 18, and then I became work for housekeeping. And I was the oldest one to ever serve alcohol to the rooms. So, um, but they weren't allowed to have bottles, so they had to have many glasses. Let me tell you. So I, I being a busboy, I took all their booze to their rooms, and they enjoyed that, and I enjoyed them. But uh, Charlie Daniels, I re- I really respect the guy. Because why is that? Well, uh, he was he was really impressed when because he was asking me if I wanted his autograph, and I told him no, that's not necessary because I can write. He thought that was funny, um, <laughs> but he and I he invited me to dinner one night, and so we had dinner at the dining room, and he had a, a, uh, all these bodyguards around him, and he said, "Yeah, they follow me everywhere I go." And I said, "You're so blessed," <laughs> but we were having dinner that night. In the in the lounge there, and I I uh, I really wanted to sing like him. I wanted to sing in clubs and stuff. But he told me this life that kind of life was not for everybody. And so he basically opened my eyes, and I uh, I only did the club scene for maybe eight nine years, and then I got out. So you enjoyed it though while you've done it, right? Yeah, it was fun. 
Uh, a lot of people thought I got into it for the money, but that wasn't it. I mean, I made good money, but that wasn't the reason I was in it. Um, I I got the falsehood of the idea that I was it was glamorous, and it really was when you're on stage. But when you're off stage, the glamorous kind of dead. It dies. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to go to break, and then we will mm-hmm. talk more about this when we come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Hi. Welcome back from break. We are talking with David, the historian, and or Big Dave is what a lot of us call him. And we were talking about people, interesting people that he's met. He's, and I think he said Dave was a, is a favorite one with Charles Daniels. Is there anybody else that you've met? It's Charlie Daniels. Oh, Charlie Daniels. Uh, I met Rodney Millsap. Uh, I was working at the pavilion at the time. They call it Taco Center now. And uh, even though he was blind, he was very smart. He, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when the when his band was practicing, he and I would sit up in the up in the bleachers and. And he would tell me, he said, I want you to stay here and tell me. And his lead guitarist name, guy's name was Tony, and he said, I want you to listen and see if his guitar strings are out. And I thought that was funny because uh, he could hear, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he wanted me to, uh, I think he did it just to humor me, but 
Rodney Millsap and I got to be good friends because he only sang one night, and uh, he came in on Friday and he and he sang Saturday night, and I was a gopher. And uh, but Rodney Millsap, he hated it when I called him Mister Millsap, so he told me to call him Rodney. So I said, or Rod, and it was mm-hmm. interesting. I don't look at people the same way as everybody else. A lot of people see a movie star or they see a country singer and they go gaga. I don't go crazy over them because I see them as people. And that's why Rodney Millsap liked me so well is because I treated him just like everybody else. And that's what, and he liked that because he didn't get that on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You treat him like a normal person? Yes. Yeah. Maybe because he was a normal person. So who else did you meet along the way? I met a, a rock band called Deep Purple. Uh, they're no longer, they kind of... And then, uh, briefly, I got to meet Gene Simmons from KISS, the rock group, because he came through Boise, and he stayed at the downtowner. And uh, I was... I met him briefly because I wasn't a busboy. I worked in housekeeping. But I met him when he, him and his entourage when they showed up. And um, he was very disappointed because there was no limousines. So he ended up having to ride, ride in a Suburban with uh, block, blacked-out windows, which he was okay with. I mean, he, was, he looked bigger to me. He looked bigger to me in life, in real life, than he did on television. So it was kind of exciting to re- meet him. And I met Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood was filming Bronco Billy in Boise. And he kept trying to give me two breakfasts because he thought I was part of his crew. And finally I told him. Uh, he wanted me to call him Clint. And I said, Clint, I am not part of your crew. I'm the one that serves you drinks at night. And he said, oh, yeah. And so uh, he said, sorry. So there was a gentleman on the counter there that he uh, he looked pretty destitute. So I gave my breakfast to him. I didn't need two ham and egg breakfasts. <laughs> but actually, he was the bus driver for Clint Eastwood. And uh, he hadn't eaten breakfast yet. So yeah, he drove the bus, their motorhome bus, for Clint Eastwood. That's how Clint Eastwood came to be in Boise. He didn't, he didn't fly there. Uh, he came in a motorhome, which was kind of nice. So... Yeah. Well, I suppose that he would live in it while he was doing the, the movie, filming the movie. Well, I so. thought so, too, but actually uh, he wasn't. He was staying at the motel, or the, the hotel, hotel where I worked. So is, but he is was the downtowner yeah, the down- downtown still no open? It's, no, it's, it's been no closed more. for some time. It was, was, it's been the Shelton, uh, Sheraton, and it went from there to... Uh, the Red Lion, and when it became a Red Lion, they closed it down after remodeling it. Now it's empty. Um, yeah, it's sad, very sad situation. Uh, Clint Eastwood's motorhome, uh, they also used it for makeup because it was so big. Uh, and so on location, mm-hmm. that's what he used. But he didn't like staying in it because he said it was too confined. And uh, he had to stay on it when they did westerns and stuff out like in Arizona and mm-hmm. stuff, and he said that was bad enough. So they used his motorhome as a makeup rig. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to Grangeville, Idaho. You were here, and you've been here since what? Nineteen eighty-three. What? Eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three. Okay. 
And that was really a good um, year, wasn't it? Pardon me. I said that was really a good year, wasn't it? Oh yeah, well, sort of. Um, kind of like Lincoln. I, I I went to a shelter home called Prairie Trencher. Prairie. Yeah, I'll get it in a minute. Prairie Shelter Home. That's that's another story. Anyway, I ended up here, and uh, it was August twenty third, and I didn't know anybody. All the time I was up in up in Hospital North, uh, people the people that owned the place kept telling me, "Well, the motel's right on the highway," and the only thing I could think of was um, um, Psycho, <laughs> because mm-hmm. it was right on the highway too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, and that kept going. But when I got here, it was very pleasant. Turned out I stayed here in 1962 when my parents and I and my sister all went to we all went to the World's Fair in Seattle. Oh, uh-huh. So we stayed here just at, for the drive, uh-huh. Yeah, well, my father drove his Chevy. He had a Chevy two, uh station wagon, and that's what we drove. And But we stayed in the, and it was the Idaho Motel then. So we stayed there, mm-hmm. and that was in 62, mm-hmm. and I never dreamed I'd be staying in the same cabin or living in the same cabin that we stayed in. Mm-hmm. So, but, so how did you get the... I, I know that a person here in, in Grangeville calls you the what? As far as the greeter of, of Grangeville, oh, the what? Oh, they call me the welcome wagon. My boss yes. calls me that. Mm-hmm. Jeff, uh, Jeff Lindsley, he was mm-hmm. kidding around one day, and he said, you're not, a, you're not afraid to talk to strangers, and I, I'm not. Um, uh, you, could, you could say that uh, you could say that God guides me, or you could say that uh, something, but uh, for some reason, when I meet new people, the first thing I got to do is, and a lot of people stop me because I walk up and down Main Street. That's not a good thing, but I do a lot of walking, and I do. Pe- mm-hmm. I meet people from places like New Zealand, and and uh, I meet a lot of people from New Zealand, and I meet people from England and Spain and wherever. And part of the reason is is because they're lost when they come to Grangeville because they think Main Street stops <laughs> up here at the hill. And then they'll turn around and come back because they think that the highway goes through somebody's property and they don't go any further because, and I have to explain to them, no, it's the part of the highway. But, um, and then I meet people. It's really, and I'm not trying to sound chauvinistic, but most men do not like to ask for directions. But I do get, I do talk to older guys, older men, and they do ask for directions because they have no idea. And they, they do a dumb thing. And they'll admit it too. They use their GPS and they get lost. I said, "Well, it doesn't work very well in Grangeville." He said, "Yeah, that's obvious." So um, I met a lot of people on the way, men and women, and even children. Mm-hmm. So and who you do you met us? What's that? And you met us? Yeah, and I met you too. And that was funny how I met you too. I was mowing a lawn. I was on my way to mow a lawn, or I got done mowing mm-hmm. a lawn over this lady's house, and you two were coming out, and I couldn't figure out who you were. All I knew was yeah. I saw you coming in and out of the church, and I couldn't figure out why. And then yeah, the came over about our tag. You. And here we are. <laughs> you asked us about our tag on our car. Yes, I did, because I wasn't, since I don't drive, I don't know many of the areas. I don't know the counties. I know Nez Perce, and I know uh, Idaho County. And so I got me a little chart thing um, from a long time ago 
uh, when I was washing windows. I got it from a cop, a uh, county sheriff. I was mowing his lawn, and he gave me this. And that's how I keep track of the different counties. And it tells me, in my little chart, it tells me all about the different counties and and where they're at. Well, it doesn't tell me where it's at, but it tells me the counties. Mm-hmm. My so mother used to have an old is... saying. My mother used to have an old mother... saying that I had a gift for gab. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? That's right? what we like about you. Yeah, I think she was right, yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. So... So anyway, so is there anything, before we go to break, is there anything about meeting people here in Greensville that you want to say? Well, I have, this is really weird, I have nothing against the people here in Greensville. I have nothing against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, from where I come from, it was a little weird. I mean, some of the, some of the they have some weirdness about them, but I think everybody's weird uh, in their own right, in their own way. But that's what makes that's what makes uh, humanity normal, and mm-hmm. so I've learned not to too much to judge them. Uh, mm-hmm. And my mother always told me I was colorblind, so when I see somebody of a different race, my neighbor he's black. I don't see Sam as black. I see Sam as Sam, mm-hmm. and uh, his wife, and and their little kids, Ezra and right. Ryla. I don't see them as color, and mm-hmm. so. She always told me I was colorblind, and I said, uh-huh. well, that's good, because mm-hmm. I think uh, God yeah. created everybody the way he did. You're right. You're absolutely correct. So it doesn't correct. matter what color you are, because we all, we all bleed, and we're all going to go to heaven or the other way, and You're right. we're all human, so it doesn't matter. Well, think how boring it would, think how boring it would be if we um, were all the same. Yeah, we're well, true. I think it would be very boring. But I'm glad that God brought us all together. Yeah. So, I think he anyway. just told us we we're going to break. <laughs> I don't know what he said. He just Josh is doing his job, and he's doing a good job today. Well, he just told so. us something. And are you there, Josh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so we're going to go to break, and, we're, and then when we come back, we will wrap it up with Big Dave, the guy who knows no strangers. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. 
The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a testimony of God's healing power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. We are back, and we've been talking to Big Dave, the guy who knows no stranger, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about some of the jobs that he does here in Grangeville because he is always doing something for someone. So, Dave, kind of share, share with us about that. Well, let's see. I started out... Um, for 18 years, I washed windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, how I got into that was a friend of mine, Dennis McMinimum, who went to Costa Rica. Uh, he was washing windows, and I, I thought it was fascinating. I had done it before in Boise, and he said, you'll be great at this. And he was washing windows downtown at this restaurant. It's called The Trails now, but it was Oscars then. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted me to wash some windows, so I did. And the only thing I didn't know how to do at that time was figure eight. So he taught me how to do that and because I found out it went faster. And then after that, I went to work for Oscars, the one where I was washing mm-hmm. windows. I washed dishes there. And I was only supposed to be there for three months, but I ended up being there from, I got there in May and I was done in December. And uh, I washed dishes and they named me Lakes because uh, <laughs> I didn't slow down for anything. And then uh, after that, um, my I was in the shelter home, and so uh, the night watch person lady and myself and my ex-girlfriend, we all started a business called the Rainbow Connection. And, uh, well, I'll be very brief about this, but what happened is in cul-de-sac, Idaho, the gentleman that was doing it that used to come up here with a popsicle truck, he had a heart attack and passed away. And I didn't want to leave everybody hanging, so what I did was my neighbor across the street, they owned the Elkhorn Lodge, he and I built this cart. And I would go buy my stuff from Exxon and then resell it, which they didn't mind because they always carried extra stuff. And at that time, well, what happened was after six months that I'd been here, uh, they told me I needed to eat more because what brought me up here was they said that I had bulimia and anorexia. Of course, I don't know how you do that when you're skinny. But anyway, I, mm-hmm. I had ballooned to 510 pounds. And so mm-hmm. I, I didn't like being that heavy. So that's when we built the cart, and I started pushing it up the hills. Uh, the first couple of weeks was hard. But um, just within 
just within about two and a half, three months, I got down to about 298 pounds. And so wow. just from walking, well, I found if mm-hmm. walking was going to do that for me, I was going to continue, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. And also, I worked for the school. I was a custodian for that. Right. But I've been with Lindsley's. I went to work for Lindsley's. I started with their father. Uh, I was mm-hmm. painting and cleaning apartments for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how long I worked for Tom. And then I ended up working with the oldest son after he got out of college, Ted. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I would quit Ted. And that turned out after working 14 years. Now I work for him and his, uh, I guess it would be Ted's, the brother under Ted. And I've been mm-hmm. with Lindsay's altogether 34 years. Wow. And, um, wow. But you also mow lawns. Oh, right? yeah. I only have three lawns. I used to have nine. But, right. Um, in, I don't and know. in the wintertime, you, you snow, you move snow for people. Well, I did until I hurt myself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this, this last winter, you didn't do too much of snow moving, so. No, I didn't. Actually, my neighbors were really nice. Okay. They came over and shoveled for me. Yeah. And, uh, that was good. That's because they appreciate what you do for them. Well, that's true, and that I did. You know, I'm not, I'm not real and, humble. And you're also, but because you're also active in your your church. You're the historian. You were what in in the choir and I'm in, in the. the choir. I'm in the worship team. We had a quartet team? until our pastor mm-hmm. uh, that we had left. Right. He, he was called right. to. Las Vegas, so mm-hmm. uh, now we have a new minister. Right. Her name is Lisa so, Howard. Okay. okay. So, and anyways. she is a cameo. Right. So, um, so anyway, so that was, so now you have a new pastor, and that's good. Maybe you, she'll be on the praise team or something, or the worship team. Oh, yes. Well, so. it's fun. Um, well, I love being a historian. I love being in the church oh, with the people. Wait a minute. We we also needed to tell you that needed to tell people that you sing and play the guitar in a very and and you do very well at it. Well, thank you. Mhm. Okay. Thank you very so, much. No, I enjoy it, and I sometimes sing at farmers market. Well, we were going to have you sing on the show, but since we had so much technical difficulty, we couldn't have that done today. Well, and we need to get to closing this show. So, David, thank you so much. Any, any real quick, real, really quickly, anything that you would tell anybody if they come to Grangeville, Idaho, you would tell them what? Welcome to Grangeville. Okay. <laughs> and then you introduce yourself. Pardon me? Yeah. They said, you, you welcome to Grangeville, then you introduce them, yourself, they introduce themselves, and then the conversation goes on, right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And we, we enjoy you walking the streets of, of Grangeville because you always have a smile and you always have a wave for everybody, no matter what, and that's what we like. And I think I agree with your boss. You are Grangeville's welcome wagon. And everybody within a 25-mile radius plus um, knows who Big Dave is. So we appreciate that. And we appreciate you, and thank you for being, and thank you for putting up with us on this um, on the, the podcast today because it has been kind of messed up, but we appreciate your patience, Dave. Annette, any lasting words? Yeah, we want to thank all our listeners for listening, and now we are going to end the show. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for the new listeners. Bye-bye.
thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abadaddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view 